You're listening to Witch Wednesdays, your weekly podcast source for all things witchcraft in the modern world. Join your hosts, Steph and Tara, every Wednesday morning as they dive into a new witchy topic. Welcome back to Witch Wednesdays. This is Steph. And this is Tara. And you're listening to episode 43 how to hallow a compass and an intro to traveling to the spirit realm. Ta-da! And this one you're going to hear pretty much exclusively from me. Yep. Because Tara, Tara has nothing to say on this topic. Yeah. Very, very, very little to say. <laughs> so at the end, we're just going to give you a quick intro into um, what journeying is in traveling to the spirit realm, but that could definitely be a whole episode on its own but to dive more into it is definitely does not fit in with our intro level first year beginner level episodes but if it is something that you're interested in to for us to do sort of a deep dive episode on that definitely let us know and we can make that happen in 2021 yes for sure but for now we're just going to give you an intro but first we are going to talk about hallowing a compass because hallowing a compass is a practice in traditional witchcraft which is what my practice is more American traditional witchcraft, unlike Tara being a Wiccan. Yes. And we got a comment on YouTube about how casting a circle is something only Wiccans do. Nope. And we took issue with that <laughs> on many levels. So first of all, in our casting a circle episode, we talked about the traditional Wiccan casting of a circle and how that is different than what I talked about in that episode, which is energetically casting a circle. Correct. This term, casting a circle, has been around f- since before Wiccan started Revival. as a religion. So, yes, Wiccans brought it back. And that phrase is more common in Wiccan traditions. But you can energetically cast a circle. Lots of witches do it that have no Wiccan beliefs in their practice. They just call it casting a circle. Likely where this tradition came from is from hallowing a compass because that is the traditional witchcraft practice. And uh, even though we may call it, we called it energetic circle casting. That was like an easier way of, of doing it. The practice likely came from this idea of hallowing a compass. It's kind of a mix between the two, the energetic circle casting that I talked about and the more traditional sort of religious aspect of the Wiccan casting of a circle. It's kind of this middle point is what hallowing a compass is. So let's, let's get into that. So we can <laughs> dispel this whole notion that only Wiccans cast a circle because that's not that true. That's not true. <laughs> So just like casting a circle, the purpose of hallowing a compass is to create a sacred space to perform any rituals or spell work. As in Wicca and unlike the energetic circle casting, it's based on the circular shape and the four directions of north, south, east, and west. That idea of the directions is not something that is included in energetic circle casting that secular witches do that I talked about there's no directionality there but Tara did talk about that yeah the directionality um is based on a lot of traditions so you usually start at the north um and go from there the reason for orienting the compass around the four directions is to work with and take advantage of earth's natural 
energies and the different directions have different energies associated with them. Very much so. And this is important in traditional witchcraft because it mostly focuses on the spirits of the land. And therefore the compass works best when it is created outdoors in nature. So the reason we didn't lump in hallowing a compass with the circle casting episode is because the end result is a little bit different. It can definitely be used for spell work and rituals because it creates this powerful space to work in. Mm -hmm. But what hallowing a compass actually does is create a liminal space. A liminal space is kind of a no man's land or a portal where you can experience and work with spirits, deities, and other dimensional spaces. So energetic circle casting forms a protective bubble that keeps a lot of these things out whereas hallowing a compass allows a space that transcends partway into the spirit realm Uh, as we mentioned in our episode about types of witches um, we talked about the hedge witch and a hedge witch is one who uses this portal or compass to send their astral body into other worlds for the purpose of acquiring knowledge and communicating with spirits in other realms and this journey into the um, other realms of this astral self is what's known as hedge riding. So that's why it's a hedge witch. Um, other people and traditionally use the hollow compass, but hedge witchcraft traditionally uses it a lot. Yes, that is that was the purpose of hallowing a compass. Mm-hmm. So there are many ways to hallow a compass, um, but this method that I am going to be sharing with you is from a book called Treading the Mill by Nigel Pearson. And we will make sure we link that when we make this blog post live. (laughs) So the steps to actually have a compass, find a space in nature where you will not be disturbed and determine the compass points. You can use an actual compass if you have one, but they do also have phone apps for this. I mean, maybe you know where you live exactly where, you know, North, South, East and West is. Some people are very good at figuring that out. I'm very good at figuring out in Chicago because there's a lake. <laughs> always, <laughs> that does help. East. But I'm not so good if we were in the middle of Iowa in a cornfield and there was no sun out. I wouldn't be able to figure it out. <laughs> not my strong suit. So they do have phone apps for this if you do not have an actual compass. Yeah. So then you want to mark the four directions. Uh, you can use stones, candles, or even offerings to the spirit of each direction. Just make sure you know where the four points are. And then you want to prepare a stang. You place your stang upright at the north point of the circle and place any ritual items you want to use at the base of the stang. So are you wondering what a stang is? It is a traditional tool that represents the axis mundi, which is a symbol that represents the center of the world where the sky connects with the earth. It comes from uh, the old Norse word for pole, So the stang is a wooden staff. It's about shoulder height. And at the top, it comes into some sort of Y shape. It usually has horns to make that that Y shape at the top. That's what a stang is. You've likely seen one. Without even knowing it. Without even knowing it. Um, And we did talk about one of my book recommendations for this sort of American traditional path of witchcraft. It's called Besom Stang and Sword. I think that's a really good book we did i did mention it on the book episode for advanced practitioners i think that's a that's a great one but yes that's staying yeah so then you want to trace the circle you want to go to the north point and take up that stang and walk the perimeter of the circle using the bottom of the stang so as you walk 
visualize a blue flame coming from the edge of the stang as you walk around the perimeter three times. Then you place the stang back at the north point of the compass. And then you want to transform the interior of the compass into a liminal space. And this involves entering into like a trance-like state. Uh, a good way to do this is to chant while continuing to walk the, the circle until you visualize the energy change. Uh, some people also use hallucinogenic drugs to do this, but Not whatever recommend. works for you, my friend. <laughs> whatever works for you, my friends. Do you just want to get into sort of a trance-like state? Yes. So you want to visualize your connection to the four directions. Imagine a glowing line going through your hips, connecting you to the east and west, and then a line through your navel, connecting you to the north and south. And finally, a line going up and down your spine, which connects you to the sky and the earth. And then you perform your right, whatever it is that you want to do within this space. And then just like casting a circle, you want to release the compass after the work is done. You want to return to the center of the circle and visualize those lines retreating back into your body. Make sure that you thank the spirits and the deities that you worked with. Always important. And you want to, yeah, always thank. And then you want to walk the perimeter of the circle in the opposite directions three times and clap your hands three times and say, it is done. And that is how you take that space down. So, like I said, this liminal space can definitely just be used for spell work. If you want to do some sort of nature working out there, that's fine. But it is most commonly used for journeying. Uh, journeying is the word for this otherworldly travel. And the goal is to move your consciousness beyond your own body in order to experience these other realms and communicate with ancestors, spirits, or gods. And that's why we scheduled this podcast for when we did. Yes. Because uh, this is right before Samhain and certain times of the year are better to try this method um, because Samhain is when the veil between the worlds is the thinnest. And also a full moon is a good time to try. And and this year Samhain is on. (laughs) Yeah, Samhain is on a full moon. I'm so so excited. One hell of a day, guys. (laughs) You will not get another opportunity like that for a long time. Another 19 years. It's going to be 19 years, in fact, before... Yeah, before Samhain is on a full moon, another 19 years. So this is a really great time to try because those are the two times that got combined together to make it when the veil is thinnest. um, And Samhain, of course, is associated with ancestor work. So very good time um, to attempt this sort of working. And if you are interested in this sort of journeying practice, this is definitely like the best time to get started and try. Um. So like you said, there's lots of different ways to sort of enter this altered state and shift your consciousness. Like the psychedelics are a popular way. Um, There is also something called flying ointment that you can find at a lot of occult stores. And it's a vegetable or animal fat that's mixed with poisonous plants. (laughs) Um, So you apply that to yourself and it's just like a little bit of that poison puts you into sort of that psychedelic state. Yeah, you wouldn't want to do too much there. Yeah, because it'll kill you. Mm-hmm. But, <laughs> so, but, you know, in, in the, the levels that it's in a flying ointment is not enough to kill you. So I mean, don't dump it all over you your in body that. in like the days, but yes. <laughs> just put you in that, that state. Um, but, yeah, if you are not into, you know, mushrooms and poisonous plants, um, you can also try 
drumming, chanting, or dancing, those are sort of great methods to get you out of your own mental place that you're normally in worrying about your life's problems and sort of transcend you into this different state of mind. Yes. Um, there are also a lot of guided meditations on YouTube geared towards uh, achieving this altered mental state. Uh, you really just have to be able to quiet the mind and be open to any messages that may be coming. So if you search on YouTube for journeying and astral protection and meditation, things like that, you'll find a lot of good guided meditations to get you to that point. If you're uh, not good at meditation, like me, I highly recommend something physically draining like the dancing or the drumming something to take your mind out of yourself don't get discouraged if it doesn't work for you for a long time yeah. this is journeying and astral projection spirit travel, all things like that are very advanced pieces of magic um mm -hmm. which is why we didn't want to make this uh, episode all on its own just yet because it's it's not for beginners and we wanted this first year to be sort of geared towards beginning with witchcraft but we just wanted you to be aware of what this is and give you this introduction and let you know that this practice of hallowing a compass is out there it's been out there for hundreds of years so not only wiccans cast circles that's my that's my thought for you today um PSA. also if you are interested in this the full moon on the high sabbath uh it's really going to be a really great time to attempt this. Even as a beginner, there's going to be so much energy available and the uh, veil between worlds is going to be very thin. So if you do have any interest um, and you've been thinking about this, I highly do recommend at least attempting. Uh, it's going to, like she said, it's going to be 19 years before this happens again. So <laughs> a full moon on Samhain. It's going to be a I'm great, so great day. Sorry, that was really hard. I know. Thank you. I'm really excited. And Tara and I are going to be together. <laughs> Sorry, that was really a bit too. Regardless of what the hell is going on with this pandemic and state of the world, Iowa is now off the banned travel list to come to Chicago. <laughs> yep, we were banned. So for a she while. is definitely coming for <laughs> Halloween, socially distanced. Usually I have a big party, not doing that this year. So Tara and I will have lots of time to celebrating stuff. work on all of our our witchcraft because it's going to be a very energetic day yes i'm very very excited which also goes into november 1st which is day of the dead. yeah day of the dead so if you don't get to everything that you wanted to on Samhain, you know with halloween being on a saturday i think it's going to be a kind of busy day for a lot of people so this energy really does go into november 1st as well so if you want to plan a whole weekend of festivities, mm -hmm. you definitely should do so. <laughs> um, but that is all we have for you on Hallowing a Compass and this sort of intro into journeying into a spirit realm. Next week is the episode dedicated solely to Samhain. So we will have a lot more to say. So on much to say, guys. Like you can't, <laughs> I know you can't see me. And maybe at some point we'll uh, do a video recording of these, but I'm like jumping up and down. I'm, like, not <laughs> very, very excited. So, um, so that is all we have. Uh, I know this is a little more complicated. So if you have any questions, definitely let us know. Uh, but hopefully you, you found that little intro interesting. And if you want to know more about 
journey. If you want us to do an episode about spirit realm travel or astral projection, let us know and we will make that happen next year. Yes. And like I said, this is a lot more advanced and she said this is a lot more advanced. So if we did confuse you, hopefully this was introductory enough to not be too confusing, but we can definitely do a lot more on this because there's a lot involved. <laughs> yes. And if you need more resources, we'll definitely link on our blog, whichwednesdays.com, the Besom Staying in Sword and the Treading the Mill by Nigel Pearson that we talked about today. So you can find those if you're interested in sort of this traditional witchcraft path. And I do a more traditional witchcraft uh, practice than Steph does, partially religious reasons and partially because my training and interests started like 25 years ago. So things were a bit different. They weren't all into this modern witchcraft stuff. (laughs) (laughs) I have modernized a lot of my practices, but at the root of it, a lot of mine is very traditional. So that is all we have for you this week. We will see you next week for Samhain. I'm so excited! Okay, bye! Follow us on Insta. Thanks for listening to Witch Wednesdays with Steph and Tara. Love our content? Consider donating at anchor.fm slash witch-wednesdays to help keep our podcast up and running. Please leave us a voicemail on that same site if you have any questions or comments, and follow us on Instagram at Witch Wednesdays Podcast.